A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I don't know why I'm being so critical. Uh, I'm not the greatest. I have a bit of a tremor uh, that's distracting in a performer. Why don't you take a medication to offset the hundreds of medications you're already on so that I feel more comfortable? (laughs) To which I'd like to say, weakness is the brand. And that brand is strong. Holy moly, Maria Bamford is here. It's the last laugh. I'm Matt Wilstein from The Daily Beast. When people ask me who my favorite stand-up comedian is, the first name that always comes to mind is Maria Bamford. I've probably seen her perform live more than any other comedian, partly because she goes up in so many big and small venues all over L.A., but also because I always want to see what she's working on. 30 years into a career that started when she was a teenager doing open mics in Minnesota, she's always funny utterly fearless and completely unpredictable. Maria's unique abilities are on full display in her latest hour-long special, Weakness is the Brand, which premieres this week across several streaming platforms. She's also currently hosting a web series called What's Your Ailment for Topic.com, in which she talks to other celebrities about their shared mental health issues. I'll be honest, Maria is kind of an acquired taste. She's either your absolute favorite or you find her kind of baffling. The same will probably be true for this episode. If you love this podcast as much as I love Maria Bamford, please help us out by leaving a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Feel free to let me know which episodes have been your favorite so far and who else you want to hear on the show. You can also go to ratethispodcast.com slash laugh to rate this podcast wherever you listen. Buckle up. This is me with Maria Bamford. <laughs> so, and I just got to see your your new special, uh, "Weakness Is the Brand," oh, the screener of it. Uh, and when I, when this episode comes out, it will be out, so people right. can can yes. get it. Um, and that's so exciting. But it was really fun for me to to watch the special because I've actually gotten to see you perform parts of this material several times over the last year. I think um, I, I feel like. Well, first of all, I'm such a big fan of yours, oh. and I've and I've seen you probably more than than most uh, <laughs> comedians in in my life. Um, but I saw you at uh, at Clusterfest, oh, I believe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I saw you at Dynasty Typewriter, uh, those shows earlier last year, um, and then at the um, at Largo for Gary Gullman's oh. event with Jed Apatow, which was fantastic. Oh, and that nice. Um, yeah, yeah. That was just a really nice oh. event. Um, yes. You and and Patton Oswalt and yeah. Gary Gullman and Jed Apatow. Um, and so it was fun to kind of see it all come together in the special, uh, and it, it's just, it's a really phenomenal, um, phenomenal hour. Oh, um, so can you, I guess just to start, um, can you talk kind of about that process of, of working out material in all these different places and then, and then kind of molding it into one, one big thing for the special? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, it, what I do or, and I don't know what other comics do, but, uh, just I just start at zero all all, all mm-hmm. over again, and then uh, the past few years I've been um, I'll get um, some time at there's a, a black box theater in Hollywood, uh, 
at Vermont and and Hollywood Boulevard, mm-hmm. uh, best parking in Los Angeles, right between John's uh, Supermarket and mm-hmm. Fayez Paredes, <laughs> and um, uh, I'll do an hour there and just work on it. You know the new. Newer material over and 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 over again, and then you know hopefully it becomes something, or at least I fill an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've talked about this before, but you like to run your your material one on one with people sometimes before shows. So everyone might listening might not know about that. Can you kind of explain what that what that process is like? If you've heard of Twitter, it's so. Such a loving, sweet, <laughs> gentle place. You put on your Twitter feed, hey, at this time, in this zip code, can anyone meet me for coffee? I'll I'll buy. I'll buy. That's important mm-hmm. to say that. Yeah. Uh, everything's on me. Sky's the limit. <laughs> and then, um, then uh, people tweet back and go, uh, I'm available in that odd part of st louis missouri at 3 p.m and then you connect with them via the twitter mail and uh then you get to meet a nice person in the middle of nowhere and not nowhere st louis is (laughs) an important city Mm -hmm. um so uh yeah so it's it's just delightful it's it's, i've I've done it about i want to say at least 30 times and uh people have Everyone's been very, very pleasant. Of, I, I did a lot of internet dating mm-hmm. um, <laughs> back <laughs> back in the day, yeah. and I think I went on probably like seventy five internet dates over the course of ten years. So it, it didn't seem that scary yeah, to me. At similar all. to that. Yeah, it's just you know, it, for the most part, you're going to meet very pleasant people who are just trying to uh, have a nice time, and of course, no, uh, uh, no. Uh, creepy romantic yeah. intentions with these people, which uh, really uh, takes the edge off. Um, <laughs> have there been any sort of odd uh, situations that have arisen from it, or is it pretty? Not, uh... <laughs> the only thing I, I think I had one where I I just I yelped where a coffee was, mm-hmm. and so I had this poor guy meet me. I thought it was a coffee shop. It was an industrial coffee packaging company <laughs> in the midi- middle of a an office park. And then, because I had taken a lift mm-hmm. there from the Hampton Inn, uh, he had to drive me <laughs> to a nearby to a, Dunkin' to an Donuts. Shop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> went to a Dunkin' Donuts, and then they were they were cleaning so much mm-hmm. in the Dunkin' Donuts that we had to sit in the the hundred degree parking lot. But it's that kind of added value. Mm-hmm. Authenticity is that what everyone's looking for? <laughs> something real. Yeah. What? Well, why? Why did you decide that this was something that you that you wanted to do, and what did you kind of get out of it? I. Oh my God! It is all uh, for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a very selfish drive, in that I have a difficult time getting myself to rehearse mm-hmm. my material, and uh, something I didn't used to when I was younger because I I had uh, the drive within I think it's called ambition if I can remember that word correctly and so now I have to get a witness mm-hmm. uh, and the witness is very powerful because uh, uh, you know you just <clears throat> to sit and watch me go through the whole thing and 
so no, no, I am definitely the winner in this situation. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I hope people are having a good time. <laughs> I've offered now, realizing how much I'm getting out of it, to help out with anything. If somebody can bring mm. something that's doable within a couple of hours. Um, like what's an example of like that? Like I can clean your glasses. I can make a call <laughs> to AT&T. Sit Ooh, on, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, sit on the phone for at least the first 20 minutes. Yeah. With Sean in Punjab, Punjabi, or uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then um, I, I did help woman um, fill out Christmas cards. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am now. Comedy is no longer enough. I think. Yeah, I think you have to is. give back even more. Oh, oh, come on! I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I'd like to think that the arts are are really uh, affecting. Uh, grassroots change at, uh, at mm-hmm. <laughs> or uh, change at a grassroots level, but mm-hmm. um, I, I'm a little worried. So uh, let uh, let me help you uh, go through your receipts. <laughs> <laughs> and people have taken you up on this. Yes, stuff. Yeah. yes, yes. And I, uh, yeah. So uh, and it, it helps. Again, I, I feel less useless. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think one of the big themes of the special, in some ways, is this idea of of giving back or or sort of wanting to do something and not always knowing what to do and and it comes into the stuff with your your mom and religion and (laughs) how you know she's a a christian and you're not and who's sort of the better person and and kind of all that kind of stuff so um you know but it does seem like something that you struggle with or at least think about a lot is how to be a good person do you ever feel like you just want to know that you're you're a pretty good person like that you're just you're good as someone everyone considers to be pretty good. You don't, you know, maybe you're not Santa, but you're not the Golden State serial killer. Like you're, or maybe you're just better than one person. And I always think it's gotta be somebody who's following a religion, who's deeply religious. So then you can go mano a mano and examples from their own philosophy. So you could see who's ahead, like who specifically is winning. Uh, so I called my mom. I said, Mom, you're a Christian. Uh, would you be willing to go with me three rounds in your own religion to see which one of us is the better person? And she said, what? I mean, I, I do have a, a strain of OCD where I, uh, that is my... Um, that can be kind of my obsession is like uh um getting yeah into the weeds about what the the right thing is to do uh so most of it i I think is is uh something that just kind of passes the time in my brain Mm -hmm. of like you know, I'm obvious, it's like right well the, the thing to do really would be to um volunteer uh as much as you can um and uh you know not only that but you know give uh give more of your income to to charities and uh we do give 11 percent of the the uh of our income to uh charities or at least the non-profits and stuff like that and then um uh so we can be one percent over the Christians, but then my bookkeeper turns out as a Christian, okay. and I was like, and I said, "This is what I'm trying to do." And she said, "Well, um, 
Christians actually give 10% of the gross. Oh. And I was like, no, no, no. Anyways, I looked it up. <laughs> uh, Dave Ramsey, who's that guy? He's a Christian guy. Yeah. He did it. No, no, he's not. Anyways, no one's doing that, yeah. I, Mindy. I don't know if she's <laughs> correct. Um, but uh, but I know there is a Christian bank, and that is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> What did you find out about the Christian bank? Oh, it's online. Uh, if you want to have your values-centered credit card, what? <laughs> <laughs> if I'm going to be spending 22% in interest, <laughs> I want to make sure it's going to the right executives. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so strange. So you, in that in that bit about your, your mom, the kind of, I don't want to spoil the punchline, but yeah. you, you do talk about how you've been uh, imitating her on stage for, for 30, quite a long time years, now. years, yeah. <laughs> Um, and how that factors into the whole thing. What, um, how has that kind of evolved over that time from, from her perspective of, of you, uh, portraying her on stage? Was she always okay with it or not okay with it or how? She's been okay with it. I mean, she is like a very, um, yeah, uh, has less things roll off. I think that is a trait of mothers in general, where mm-hmm. you just, you've heard years of your kids going, that's stupid, mom. <laughs> um, um, uh. You know, and so yeah. finally you're just like, uh, yeah, at least that's that's what I think is going mm-hmm. on, because she's just like, oh, that's great, honey. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> she's, She must be very used to it now, I guess. Yeah, I've got my own life. Yeah. And uh, so she, uh, yeah. Um, uh, but... But other, you know, I, I used to do an impersonation of, sister, of my sister, but she, she really felt hurt by that, mm. you know, and said, you know, I don't want you to do that anymore. So I'm uh, trying desperately not to do yeah. one. It's uh, it's it's hard because she's very funny. Yeah. And, um, you ever accidentally slip into it on stage? Um, and, uh, yeah. um, <laughs> yes, yes, I have. And then hopefully uh, none of that's recorded. And, yeah. um, um, but... Um, yeah, I, and that is weird. After doing it for a long time, I, I think I get like, oh, what this? I'm working on a new hour now, mm-hmm. and um, you know what, what, what to talk about next? Um, yeah. Do you find that with your job? Like, what, what? Yeah, there's always a what's what's next. How to get? Got to come up with the new ideas. <laughs> yeah, the new new idea and then go am i just doing this because it's new or mm-hmm. is or is this really necessary mm-hmm. and i i guess i tried to tell myself the only reason it's necessary is because i'm alive mm-hmm. and because uh you know you're a little flower and the sun's out and you, you just gotta bloom mm-hmm. you know uh, unless of course it's not time yet but um yeah th- i think that's uh, sometimes i i feel a little bit uh I think I get into the ethical uh, um, anxiety about taking space up in the world mm-hmm. that I'm almost 50 years old. I'm a, a very well off, uh, as far as I can tell from the internet calculators of what rich <laughs> is, doing well. Uh, white lady, am I really necessary? You know, mm-hmm. in terms of being uh, a performer and stuff, like there's just so many more um they just voices that haven't been heard and they're yeah. so interesting and so and uh and so that that has definitely become <laughs> an issue of like oh i don't even i don't even know if i want to <laughs> i want to hear what i have to say yeah <laughs> anymore despite what, the fact that i keep talking what drives you to keep to keep doing it then hmm. 
part of it is just that it there is fun mm-hmm. in it to think of yeah. a new new joke and also a source of income mm-hmm. and belonging as a part of a community yeah. that I belong with other uh, comedians. I get to do a last night. I did a, a new joke and it did felt I felt so good because it went real real nice. Yeah, went real nice and it felt like a nice warm glow. <laughs> and um, and can you share the joke? Or, oh uh... yes, of course. <laughs> um, that it's about how I love children's books and mm-hmm. I think it's because okay there's a cat and the cat's a baker you can tell he's a baker because he wears the little poofy hat mm-hmm. and then he has a apron on and he's carrying a steaming bun mm-hmm. but he's also a cat anyways or or you know and then there's there's all different kind of animals but there's a, an alligator driving super fast he's funny and he's laughing he has a hat on you never what I love about these scenes, you never question, there's no backstory, you know, <laughs> there's no like, oh, the cat actually inherited the business and um, the quality of the product has really gone down. And, and I mean, it's really a testament to if you have passion in something, it really goes, because the recipes are the same, but that bun, that bun is, is not good. It's not <laughs> It's not very good. The al- the alligator, um, the reason he's driving so fast throughout the book, and you see it, um, yeah, he's laughing, but uh, that's because he's got to be in a good mood to get five stars on Uber and, and Lyft. <laughs> and he's got mints, he's got water, and uh, he's being chased by the cop, who's a mouse. And the cop <laughs> is one of the good ones, though. Um, he's, he's definitely, he got, he has a bullet wound to the head where... <laughs> He just, the bullet's still in there. And at that point, he had been 19. How long do mice live? Um, <laughs> 19 months in the in the police force. And he thought, do I still want to keep doing this? But he's like, no. And so when he's chasing the alligator, he just, it's not because there's an alligator quota of people don't arrest. It's that he genuinely wants the alligator to slow down because <laughs> it's not safe. Um, and I guess I love those because they just label, you know, they go, uh, you know, taxi driver, like, you know, cook. and like, like <laughs> It just happens I... to be an alligator. Coming up, Maria looks back at the early part of her comedy career, including a legendary tour with Patton Oswalt, Brian Posehn, and Zach Galifianakis that was brilliantly captured in the documentary The Comedians of Comedy. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. 
With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Do you know when Crystal Pepsi was discontinued? What was in Al Capone's vault? Or which famous meteorologist is Lenny Kravitz's second cousin? If not, then you haven't spent enough time on Wikipedia. But that's okay because you can learn it all on the new podcast, WikiHole, from Smartless Media. Discover the craziest rabbit holes on Wikipedia with host and friend of the last laugh, Darcy Carden, and her favorite comedian friends, as they bring the cyber frontier directly to your tympanic membrane. And if you listen to WikiHole, you will learn that's the sciencey term for eardrum. WikiHole is a hyperlink roller coaster, starting out on one Wikipedia page and then going from link to link to link to link, careening through trivia, oddities, and unexpected connections until everyone wonders. How the hell did we get here? Follow Wikihole on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can listen to Wikihole ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Like, let's say I was a bear and I was a comedian. You know, oh, it's a bear who's a comedian. You never question, oh, is she any good? <laughs> no. It says comedian. I'm a bear. I, of course, I'm hilarious. I make the whole town laugh. <laughs> That's great. That was that was like my experience of you uh, in a coffee shop with a fan. That <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, yeah, exactly. One -on -one. exactly, yeah. exactly. That's it. That's yeah. kind of how it goes. <laughs> That's exactly how it goes. And um, I try to make more eye contact, yeah. but not too much, depending on what people want. Yeah. Sometimes I do the the half mast. Yeah. I keep my eyes half open, <laughs> and then I. I can do Madonna and Child. Mm, you know, just, if, I, if people make requests for different kinds of eye contact, okay, I can okay. do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd love to kind of talk about, um, you know, where, where, how this all started for you um, going, because I know you started doing comedy incredibly young, um, right? In, oh, in, in Minnesota? Yeah, uh, 19. Nine, so that's pretty young. Pretty young. Yeah. So when you, when you were starting, I mean, what, how did you kind of decide that that was, that was going to be what you what you wanted to do, and when you started, did you think this was going to be your your whole life and career? No, it just seemed like a great idea for whatever reason, and uh, I just went by myself. And it seemed like in high school, you know, when you did speeches and stuff mm -hmm. like that, I just thought, oh, it seems like that, and then you just do whatever you mm -hmm. want. And um, and they have sort of which they still have, but a, a, you know, art art you know, artsy scenes. So I did, you know, women's uh, with two Ys and an M mm -hmm, and a yeah. capital I <laughs> and a Z um, nights and then did, uh, yeah, performance art venues and that type of thing. And I did a one-person show because that meant more mm -hmm. time. And I didn't I didn't do comedy clubs as, as much. There was a club in town, but I, I, I just didn't feel like uh, that was totally for mm -hmm. me. Uh, and... Uh, but it wasn't, I, I think I read The Artist's Way um, about th three years into doing what I was, whatever I was doing. I was calling it stand-up. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> um, and then I was like, oh, that's what I, 
or I am or I would like to call myself as a comedian. Mm-hmm. So I think that helped me realize that oh, that this is the job that I would I would like. Uh, but I think at least for me, there's always these, uh, I always want to be open-minded to doubt. The way sometimes I read society is like, oh, you've got to, you got to stay with one thing and, um, and, uh, and also, um, and well, that thing is you've got to be so good at it. Like, mm-hmm. or always, to, or always getting better. Or, always getting better. Yeah. And it's like, well, that isn't tenable yeah as we <laughs> go towards years, yeah. death yeah um so mm, I've, if i'm gonna still participate i gotta be okay with uh losing my edge <laughs> uh-oh uh if i ever had one uh so <laughs> i think so I yeah think so. <laughs> um so when you was there a moment when you when you moved to did you move out to la first from uh, uh yes from uh, minnesota uh, Moved uh, to LA. Uh, for, I was there in uh, Minneapolis for three years, and then I moved to LA uh, in 1994, mm-hmm. right after the earthquake. And then uh, really had a hard time the first two years. Was yeah. Just really uh, kind of fell into a hole of not. I, I just didn't know how to have a, a job uh, or ho- keep a job. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you kind of had day jobs and then doing comedy at night or yeah i just would i did um uh food service jobs which is awesome if you're good at it <laughs> um but los angeles yeah. is a place where there's a high standard of mm-hmm. of uh service as well yeah. um, and a lot of actors trying to uh be waiters during the day <laughs> yeah and, and some people really have a gift at, mm-hmm. at doing it and um uh, yeah so for any number of reasons. So finally, I got some outside help of people saying, you know, I, I went to a support group and um, for money-related stuff. In mm-hmm. it could be Debtors Anonymous. I can't say <laughs> if it is because yeah. it's supposed to be a secret fight yeah. club. Um, <laughs> but I went uh, someplace, and they, uh, you know, just got a lot of community support of like, oh, uh, what else can you do? Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you can do? Yeah. Okay, can you? Oh my God, you can type. Okay, why don't you temp? So then I started temping, and that was a lifesaver. I worked for ten years doing office work uh, during the day while doing stand up, and you know whatever else at night, and and that was just worked out uh, very very well mm-hmm. uh, in terms of not only uh, yeah just stability, mm-hmm. <laughs> just having food and shelter is yeah. uh, isn't overrated. It mm-hmm. is the most important thing. So, um, so I, I think that the first time that I kind of became aware of you as a comedian mm-hmm. was in the the comedians of comedy documentary, mm-hmm. which came out uh, fifteen oh, yeah, years yeah, ago, yeah. two thousand five. And I actually I hadn't seen it since it came out, so I just rewatched it. Oh, hilarious! It's so good, and I I know it was produced by Netflix, but I don't think it's on Netflix anymore. So I kind of found a, a bootleg version on YouTube. So, oh, hilarious! So okay. people should should seek that out if they haven't oh, seen it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's you and Patton Oswalt and Brian Posehn and Zach Galifianakis nice. going on tour, um, kind of up and down the the West Coast. Yes, yes. And it's it's just it's a really great. It really captures a, a moment in comedy, I think. And you guys were kind of doing something different where you weren't doing comedy clubs. You were booking uh, rock, kind of indie rock venues and, and performing for maybe an, an audience that wouldn't go to a comedy club and doing really kind of more alternative stuff. And it's the beginning of that or part of that alternative scene. Um, so how did when you think about sort of that 
that time in, in your life, what what kind of comes to mind and what uh, what was that experience like of, of being with those guys on the road and, and all, all that all that stuff? Well, it was really, it was only a week worth mm-hmm. of time and it was, I was just grateful to have a job and it was all, uh, I believe, bankrolled by, by Netflix as well as Patton. Patton mm-hmm. was the real... Um, figurehead and uh, yeah. producer behind it. And this and is back when Netflix was still sending uh, DVDs, yeah, DVDs in the mail. Yes, yeah. in the mail. And um, he, so I am forever grateful to Patton that he wanted because that that was it was so it was really fun. And then also it was, um, um, yeah, it, it was I think something that helped me in in my career because I I wasn't uh, uh, well known at all and. Um, uh, I mean, not that I—it's variable in how I, but um, <laughs> but, but yeah. So it, it was great, and um, yeah, because I, I I had at the time I think, uh, yeah, I did. Uh, uh, I had a few things times when I've gone to comedy clubs and I had gotten sent home because I just there's a certain it. it before the internet, mm-hmm. you couldn't, you wouldn't know what you're coming to see, mm-hmm. and that is where uh, heckling and real uh, stinging disappointments can yeah. happen. <laughs> Sent home in the sense that you got on and and yeah, got, they're like no, 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 yeah, you're not. Or either I'm not ready, or I'm not. Mm-hmm. I I'm not. You weren't the right fit. Not the right fit, yeah. and and um, and I I was just uh, get I was relieved, uh, frankly, so. Um, so the rock venues and then being with Pat and before I'd go up, he would make a, you know, very lovely opening of like, this woman is like, you're saying, (laughs) she's my friend. And like, it was very, uh, yeah. Setting you up for success. Setting me up for success, which is, was, um, is so important and a very uh, kind thing to do because he d- he didn't have to do that. You know, mm-hmm. he was uh, it was very kind. I have this therapist. I prefer to call her therapist, and um, <laughs> because I don't take it seriously. And um, she told me uh, this part. I have a lot of anxiety, right? And so uh, she told me it's important to like just I should try to sing my anxieties aloud because uh, that kind of takes the power away from them. Takes the power away. And uh, so I've come up with a, a new tune, and it's set to uh, the theme from The Bodyguard, starring uh, Whitney Houston. Um, hmm. Okay. If I keep my ice cube trays clean, then God can't kill me. And if I clench my fists at odd intervals, then the darkness within me can't take over my hands and force me to do something I don't want to do that's inappropriately sexual or violent. You guys were all pretty early in your career. You know, I think in the movie, uh, Zach Galifianakis is talking about how he hasn't he's maybe been in like one movie and it yes. wasn't very good and <laughs> and you know now he's like this huge massive, massive movie star yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think uh, Brian Posehn is the one who's getting uh, flocked by fans yes. on the on the road which is also kind of funny he was on uh, Just Shoot Me Just Shoot Me yep yeah. yep yep that, and um, yeah, yeah he was so tall so nobody like knows who Zach can. is <laughs> <Yeah>. but they're <laughs> um, I know it is oh gosh it is so interesting how things change and and um yeah and and how things stay the same because i think i those 
those kind of shows now are still are a t- total regular thing. Mm-hmm. I know so many comics and the festival circuit yeah. is huge now and it's just uh, you never have to perform in a comedy club if you if you don't want to. If, well, the thing is, I, I love comedy clubs. Mm-hmm. Love, love, love them. Um, I, uh, for the most part, I, I, I wish they would become more um, accessible to everybody because mm-hmm. they are still, um, I think they're leaving money on the table. Like, I just think yeah. that's why these festivals are doing mm-hmm. well or is because they're uh, inclusive of because because it's bizarre how mm-hmm. you'll go to a comedy club i think i went to one uh yeah yeah i won't name names but mm-hmm. you go to m- many and maybe there'll be a picture of a famous comedian on the wall who's never be- been there like <laughs> margaret cho yeah. or like uh lucille ball or yeah. something but that that's it maybe another that they'll sometimes i'll, I'll be the one There'll be maybe two or three comics a year who are headlining who are women mm. or, um, you know, and then people, uh, women of color, Non, you know, yeah. N- yeah, like in the 0.5%, uh, it is bizarre, bizarre. Yeah. And the, yeah, and you're saying but, they're leaving money on the table. It's like they could be getting more people to come into their club, but they, they're sort of using this old model or old way yeah, of thinking. Or... I, yeah, I don't understand it. And I, I don't have a club, so I, I don't know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So it would be very interesting. Like I, I go, because like, I know when I, I didn't do well on weekends because, you know, when you do a weekend um thing as a, a comic it's more likely that a bunch of people will come who go it's just it's somebody who kind of looks like me on the screen maybe i'll go in i'll stop <laughs> in i was gonna return something at bed bath and beyond but i think i'm just gonna wander in this club <laughs> and that so that makes it much more of a um a craftsmanship job of mm-hmm. like you've got to be likable and uh amenable to everybody mm-hmm. and and that is not something i'm very i'm not gifted at i'm not mm-hmm. good at it um so i would do weekday shows tuesday wednesday wednesday thursday and just do a door deal so that i could just hopefully break even but if i could get a crowd on those days that normally the club doesn't have a huge crowd then that's wonderful and i, th- I so i i, I wonder why they why they don't do that. But I don't know. I don't know what it's like to, because owning a club, I'm sure, is a huge um, thing and uh, lots of money involved. So I, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm very curious. I, yeah. I, I, love, I love to have curiosity about things I know nothing about, <laughs> which I guess is what curiosity is all about. It's, <laughs> it's odd. It's yeah. odd. But, but I just have, and I also have heard so many stories by just hearsay through other female comics where it's like, you know how difficult it is to get an opener or middle mm-hmm. act and yeah. um and that the income hasn't gone up uh for openers and middles since 25 years ago <laughs> yeah. like that's not great wow yeah um yeah but like, but as you said on the on the bright side there are these other opportunities the festivals, yes, and, festivals. The, and the smaller rooms and and different kinds of venues and which which is great and you create your own opportunities and at the same time, I just want to acknowledge that there. I think there's still a level of uh, of uh, yeah that the door isn't open, mm-hmm. you know, which it seems that yeah is pre- prejudice or yeah, um, yeah no, it's yeah. statistically 
uh, unjust. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so going back to to your new special, um, you know, you you've always um, been very open about your you know issues around mental health. Um, and you talk about it in your new special that you actually have been doing, you know, and yeah, feeling a lot better yeah, in the yeah, last yes, few years. Yes. Um, you know, and you you're married now, and you have this stable relationship. Um, yes. And so, how you know how has that affected your output, or or um, how do you kind of think about that in terms of how uh, how that's changed? You know what you're what you're able to do. Well, it's been awesome because he is also a, he's a painter he's an artist mm-hmm. and then also he's super funny so he's really um inspired me in in many many different ways and uh yeah it's just been it, i think also that thing of uh, where does the ambition go it's like oh i could just go home and have mm-hmm. a nice snuggle with my my <laughs> husband and my two dogs well, what am i what am I doing in here in Koreatown trying to find a, <laughs> a parking space at 10 p.m.? It also, I think, brings down sort of that pressure of like, of having to get better or somehow fill mm-hmm. this endless hole of, of, uh, Terminator, ter- like, uh, productivity. Mm-hmm. You don't like, uh, does it, it 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 might not matter mm-hmm. in in the end uh, yeah. and uh so that's that's uh that's nice to know <laughs> yeah um <laughs> speaking of the the mental health stuff i did want to touch on your uh, you're you're doing a, a sort of t- uh, internet talk show uh, yes what's yes. your ailment yes what's your ailment uh, for topic i believe yeah yes yes um so how did that come about and why did, why was that something that you wanted to do uh it's uh well, I thought it would be fun to interview uh, other people who are open to talking about their experience, and um, uh, and uh, the topic came came up with the idea for the show, mm-hmm. and um, it just sounded like it was something I could do and be fun. And I've never interviewed people before. Yeah. Uh, it turns out, if you watch the show, uh, you'll see uh, how I have difficult time making eye contact <laughs> with people, and I kind of squinch up my face and kind of stare off. Anyways, it's hilarious <laughs> in that way. And um, uh, so that, yeah, it was really nice to hear uh the stories of other people and I hope I hope it's helpful to to I, I like to joke that it's it's the um it's the least uh helpful f- form of health care you could get <laughs> <laughs> if you only have 299 uh yeah. <laughs> why not watch a talk show yeah <laughs> is it better than the free clinic I don't know yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's different <laughs> it's different it's different um maybe uh, more entertaining than the free maybe clinic. more entertaining than the free or something to watch while you're waiting at the oh, free yeah. clinic there you go combo uh combo platter um yeah because I I I I, th- I think that is one of my arguments I like to tell myself is that it's it's better to get any help than mm. even if it's super shitty. Like yeah. it's better just <laughs> just go. Just yeah. go get whatever they have on offer that's in your zip code mm-hmm. and and even if it's really terrible, um you ha- that's going to be some great stories mm. uh eventually, but um yeah, I'm trying to think I had it, it, because I have this intrusive thoughts OCD thing so 
I had a therapist say that she had to call, she might have to call the police. Mm. Um, or um, after I told her what my yeah. intrusive thoughts were, and I was like, huh, okay. You know, I mean, not that, anyways. Yeah. It, it, uh, it's not what you want to hear. It wasn't exactly what I wanted to hear. But and maybe, and maybe sometimes people do have to call the police, and mm-hmm. that's fine too. But uh, hilarious in retrospective that I'm like, no. If you knew about what this OCD is, I, I, I'm actually the least likely person mm-hmm. to do. I, I sit on my hands all yeah. day because I don't want to do anything. Uh-huh. So um, do anything awful. But um, uh, uh, yeah, what else have I had? Um, oh, yeah, I had the, which is in the special, how I <laughs> I got on BetterHelp.com because mm-hmm. I thought, oh, yeah, I'm on the road. So I thought maybe that would be easier to have someone who I could text all the time. Yeah. And then, um, the like one of the second times she texted me, the therapist said, "Christine, of course you're stressed. You just had a baby." <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, the ther- I mean, the one thing that's good yeah. about therapy is that they are focused on yeah, on you <laughs> on you for two seconds, and it's like, no, she's toggling yeah. seven phones. Yeah. Like she's <laughs> didn't didn't make you uh didn't give you a lot of confidence. <laughs> But it was still kind of helpful. Yeah. It was like, oh, yeah, you're right. Christine is stressed. Of course. <laughs> of course she's stressed. She just had a fucking baby. Well, that, I'm, I'm, I mean, I kind of just had a baby too. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of like Christine. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> um, a lot of these themes also obviously showed up in uh, your, your Netflix show uh lady dynamite which i quite loved um and uh it was ran for two seasons and you know was was sadly uh didn't didn't go beyond that but i i wonder how you felt about it because i know you you talked about how difficult it was in a lot of ways and and overwhelming in some ways so did you when you how did you find out that that it wasn't going to continue and then how did you how did you feel about it oh well i think i want to say that Pam Brady and Mitch Hurwitz called me mm-hmm. and they said, Marie, do you have a second? <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, I think you can feel sad. I felt sad that that it was over on some level. It just in the fact of like wanting to be needed, you mm-hmm. know, wanting, oh God, we got to have that show back. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. Even if you didn't. <laughs> yeah. Even if, you didn't even necessarily if I didn't want it, it, it was like, oh, the, the, to, to, to want to be wanted. Yeah. Um, definitely. But um, it, it was, I, I am on some certain uh, psychiatric meds that uh, make me really tired. So, mm-hmm. uh, s- 12 to 16 to 18 hour days aren't uh like doing the show was at the far edge of my abilities Mm -hmm. like i i uh yeah so which is so hilarious because like your dream comes true and then suddenly i'm too tired to do it (laughs) oh no no well i think you did achieve something really special with the show in the two seasons Mm. um and it's just it's so innovative and different and um and hilarious oh. and and capture something i think you know as someone on the outside you know it seems to capture the rhythms of it really capture something about the you know your life and what you've gone through and and um and all that so i think i think that's that's it's an incredible achievement in that oh, sense oh, oh thanks yeah no no I, and you must have had enough, some pretty fervent enough. fans uh, yes yeah it's it's been it. wonderful yeah no it was and it was really a wonderful experience uh uh just so many lovely people i i it was an unbelievable dream 
come true. And, um, um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, everything's happened for me that I've ever wanted mm-hmm. and beyond. And, uh, so, uh, I'm good. I'm yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> Up next, Maria shares her personal regrets about continuing to work with Louis C.K. after hearing the rumors about his behavior. You don't want to miss it. So what I want to do now is um, run through a few other of your uh, credits from your career that we didn't get to talk about oh. yet and see if there's a sort of memory or, or story that jumps out uh, okay, to you. Okay, hopefully. Yeah. So um, the the first one is your, your late night stand-up debut, which I believe, you can correct me if I'm wrong, was on Conan yes. in 1999. Yes, yes. Um, so w- what do you remember about that? Well, the one thing I remember, and this may be for, uh, I just always want to tell people who you know, it was it was a dream come true to, of course, be on on the television. Uh, and um, uh, I don't know why I should say, of course, <laughs> people don't have that dream. Uh, but I felt so terrified and scared for the two weeks coming out. I felt like sick and like, and not like it was going to be okay. Not mm-hmm. like oh, I'm just nervous. Like I felt like it might not go well. Like that, I felt that the whole time. Uh, I felt so scared and um, up and, and while they're, you know, they put you in hair and makeup and um, I was shaking so badly that the woman's like, are you going to be okay? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. And <laughs> could go either way. Could go either way. And the one thing I, I told myself is like, even if I bomb, like, or it's, it's like ridiculous how terribly I do, um, you know, like, uh, I, I'm barely able to say a word, and then I just run off. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, maybe that'll inspire someone. Like, <laughs> like, oh, Jesus, she can do that. <laughs> like, like I don't know. I tried to create some sort of um, false engine of meaning yeah, yeah. <laughs> within myself of yeah. like I'm doing something meaningful, yeah, even if the worst possible thing, thing happens. I'm being useful, and uh, that that's that's <laughs> that what I got need. You through it? I got me through it. Yeah, and um, and then it turned out. Beautifully, and um, so. But I was so surprised that something that I had dreamed of would feel so terrifying and unbearable mm, at the time. Like yeah. I just was like, I, I just found that so uh, surprising. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, my name is Maria, and um, I'm originally from Duluth, Minnesota. Duluth in the house, oh yeah. <laughs> My uh, my mother told me uh, before I went to my first girl boy party in the eighth grade. She said, "Maria, remember what we talked about? Gonorrhea, syphilis, herpes. One, two. Watch the cold sores. Date rape is a lot more common than people think. You look so gorgeous. You were conceived in Groton, Connecticut, in one night in a campsite. I am not saying you weren't planned. I'm just saying Bamfords get pregnant like falling off logs. Oh, Jenny's mom's here to pick you up. Will he have a good time?" <laughs> Has it gotten any easier to perform stand-up on TV? Yes, yes, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, but it is, it, that was that was so, it, it, it made me realize just, uh, you know, my expectations are, are very, mm-hmm. uh, that I never th- thought that the dream job would be kind of like a regular job, mm-hmm. where, because I would have secretarial jobs and I'd be scared to show yeah. up because I'd be scared like, oh, I don't know how the phone works and yeah. I'm in this big conference room and what if, you know, somebody 
yells at me and uh I felt that nerves for for uh office jobs and then to have it in this thing where it's like I'm lucky to have it mm-hmm. and that's also a weird thing where it's like you're you're having this peak experience that you're lucky to have and then how do you share that with other people like I don't feel good and yeah. they're like you lucky asshole yeah. shut <laughs> yeah, up I'm grateful <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Anyways, if you're ever in that position, if you're about to receive, uh, get your first whatever Academy Award uh, and you feel terrible, just know you're not alone. <laughs> um, one thing that I had no idea you had done until I saw it on your IMDb page was writing for the Martin Short show. Yes. How did that come about and what was that like? Well, I think it was one of those show business things where somebody said I was, you know, a, a new thing mm-hmm. and they were trying to get a writing room together and so I wrote you know they had me in Mm -hmm. Uh, and it was a group I was the only woman Mm -hmm. and um, I'm not very good in groups I think it was (laughs) also a lot younger and was not not good at um, holding my own Mm -hmm. or, or speaking up oh my goodness and uh Martin Short's brother was the head writer and uh he was I would I would hand him my my scripts and they would come back uh, with red all over them like not funny big <laughs> question mark don't get it oh. and um, so I think I want to say about five weeks in I got fired mm. and um, and the, then I <laughs> yeah I I'm sure I was awkward and a weirdo and you know desperately trying to fit fit in and somebody told me later that they were that one of the other writers said oh it's I I I didn't want to tell you this while you were working there but um one of the one of the people there would do impersonations of you whenever you leave the room (laughs) oh my god (laughs) like oh no no." (laughs) but did you have you know. much interaction with Martin Short? No, he he uh, not too much, and yeah. he seemed uh, uh like a he, just a rainbow of energy, just yeah. a lovely person, and extremely professional and energetic, and uh yeah, everybody uh was doing the best best they could, and uh, I, I think I, I did get to I I did get one joke in, and that mm-hmm. was a wonderful feeling to get yeah. like a. I think he he was doing an award show and I got it, it, I wrote one of the jokes and mm-hmm. and I was like oh so my god I can't find <laughs> so that was that but it was didn't fun. make you want to be in writers' rooms uh, for the no, rest of your career I, I, I think I'm not um, I don't want to fight for mm. my own uh, vision yeah. I just go eh, you know because I, I even my, on my own show yeah. I spent a few days in the writer's room and where it's like, yeah, you have to work it out with everybody. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I just thought, you know, th- th- I, I get too, um, upset and emotional, um, uh, on things that now I can't even remember. Mm-hmm. So it's like, just let it go. Yeah. Just, just enjoy, enjoy, uh, enjoy uh memorizing the lines mm-hmm. and <laughs> <laughs> let them do the work and I'll, let them I'll say do the, I'll say the words the excruciatingly it's such it's yeah. really hard hard it's like math putting mm. scripts together yeah. and so uh, I'm was so happy that uh there was a lovely group of 
coconuts who would do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one performance of yours that I really enjoyed was on Louis, uh, oh, Louis yeah, C.K.'s yeah, yeah, yeah. show. Um, I thought that was just a really great uh, performance, acting performance that you oh, gave. Oh, thanks. Hello? Hi. Uh, so listen, either you gave me the crabs or I gave you the crabs. But anyway, I have the crabs and you were inside me last week, so you got crabs too. Uh, so. Jesus. You didn't feel itchy? Yeah, but I thought it, I thought it was laundry detergent. No. Crabs. Uh, so, you or, sorry, I, I don't know which one. Obviously, it has some complications, you know, now in, in, with Louis C.K. So I'm kind of, I'm just wondering what, how you think about that, or do you think about it any differently now um, compared to, you know, when you were, when you were doing it? Well, uh, I, th- I want to say a couple months before all the the news came out uh, with, you mm-hmm. know, real factual evidence, you know, uh, people coming forward. I had worked with him. I opened open for him when he was at uh, it's the the Chinese whatever the theater is at, on Hollywood Boulevard, mm-hmm. and he was grateful. I, yeah. I love to make money, so yeah. <laughs> uh, and and he is you know was a, a great you know performer comedian, and um, I had heard of those uh, allegations, but I I couldn't find any. Like anyone who said, "Oh, th- this is what happened." This, yeah. so I, I th- thought there were rumors. Now, of course, I go, even if there's rumors, just don't do it. Yeah. Just don't, or or inquire. Yeah. Like get get in there, which I I feel ashamed that I I didn't um, get into it out of I think greed, greed, mm-hmm. and um, um, so um. Yeah, or yeah. maybe even partly not wanting to believe it because he was someone that you had yeah. worked with and knew, right? Yeah, yeah. You think, oh, I, I hope, hope for that, but, um, y- yeah, it is always, uh, and and I guess I I don't. Yeah, it's just so sad. Sad. You mm-hmm. just feel sad. Um, and I th- I think. There is room for, um, like, the, the one thing I, I, well, I love it about comedy is that you can truly be yourself and not the be unapologetic, but, like, I, I, I wish there was, I, I really, in some of the apologies, of course, that had come out after those things, I just go, oh, I think, yeah, but yeah I just... I wish it was more, you mm-hmm. know, more. just because I, I felt so sad just because when you know that um, not only is it, it it's it's difficult to get a job in the entertainment industry, but that if for a woman who looks up to you and then to treat somebody that way who's a colleague mm-hmm. is just so depressing. Yeah. That's so heartbreaking. And um, I also... I I believe those things are an an illness, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't want to like um you know say that I'm I'm uh yeah, that's so so I I heard the best. Oh my gosh. It, joke at the Montreal Comedy Festival is a new face guy and I cannot remember his name, but it was a really 
a, a lovely joke. He said uh, his first one said was, uh, "I'm a, a registered sex offender." Um, the only thing better, worse than a registered sex offender is an unregistered sex offender. <laughs> at least you guys know where I'm at. I'm up here, hands up high. <laughs> registered. <laughs> registered. <laughs> you can look it up. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I appreciate, like, yeah. I can appreciate that kind of, like, name it, you yeah. know? I also Say, do think, I mean, there's a lot of, um, you know, thoughts on both sides about Louis making this, you know, come back he's going on tour he's mm. being booked at comedy clubs and but i i do wonder sometimes if he was addressing what happened in a more honest or way would that make a difference i, I think i think it would definitely make it make a difference and i i, I don't know uh, and i think also a very uh public financial amends to those women and mm-hmm. whatever they chose to do with the financial amends but that uh but but i don't know it's so easy it is easy to judge another human being mm-hmm. it is very easy to judge another yeah. human being but i also i i believe like safety in the workplace like I, i've been disappointed like hey it, if somebody is an unregistered sex offender mm-hmm. hey let's make sure the workplace is safe because nobody said they're never going to do it again. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I would say uh, to assume somebody's going to do it again, Mm -hmm. you know, that especially if they're not, maybe not getting help or there isn't any acknowledge of getting help. Like just, and I know that because I I feel like I'm an addict. I, I, at least yeah, that's, I think my own personal thing being Mm -hmm. with the go, Ooh, I, Unless unless you're getting some kind of help, I, I would be worried that it is going to happen again. Not like, oh, you're a bad person or you didn't mean it, that you were never going to do it again. But, mm-hmm. yeah, let's set up a workplace environment where everybody's uh, taken care of and, and, and safe. So um, that, that uh, yeah, because I think in the entertainment industry – or well, maybe in every, but there's just there's less of a way you can complain. Mm-hmm. So on a lighter note, I just want to end with um, we ask every comedian yes. who is a person that you've worked with that, that makes you laugh the hardest. Oh my gosh, um, Miss Jackie Cation, my friend Jackie Cation, <laughs> JackieCation dot com at yeah. Jackie Cation. She's the best. She's so fun. She's my friend. <laughs> Um, thank you so much for having me yeah. on this. I know we've been cut short. Yeah, no, oh. it's okay. Thank you. Uh, thank, you. thank you so much for being here. And I'm I'm just uh, such a big fan of yours. And um, so it's just a real pleasure to get to talk to you today. Well, much, much respect, much respect. <laughs> Thanks again to Maria Bamford for sharing so much of herself on today's show. I am just such a huge fan of hers. And I really hope this interview gave you a taste of what makes her so incredible. Maria's new stand-up special, Weakness is the Brand, is available now on Apple TV, Amazon Prime Video, YouTube, and a bunch of other platforms. We'll put a link in the show notes for this episode where you can find it as well. And you can check out her talk show, What's Your Ailment, on Topic.com. If you like the show, please tell your friends and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can find me on Twitter at Matt Wilstein and at TheDailyBeast.com. And if you're not already, please follow at Last Laugh Pod on Instagram. The Last Laugh is produced by Jason Smith and Scott Porch for Starburns Audio and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell. Our theme music is by Claude, who you can find on Instagram at claude.mp3. 
You can find the show every week on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And as always, you can find show notes and highlights from each episode on thedailybeast.com. See you next week!